you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Kings chapter 20, if you have your Bibles, take you into the word of the Lord this morning. Our youth can be dismissed to your class today. You've got a special teacher waiting on you this morning. 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse number 28. Everybody all right today? there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver all this great multitude into thine hand. God doesn't do well with people that make false accusations against him. He's God of the mountain, but he's not God of the valley. The Lord said, I'll show them that I am both God of the mountain and God of the valley. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into thine hands, and ye shall know. Everybody say no. There's power in knowing. And ye shall know that I am I'm not going to be preaching anything new today. This is about as basic as anything that we can possibly preach, but somebody may need reminded today that he is God on the mountain and he is God in the valley. He's God when you're well and he's God when you're sick. He's God when you're feeling good and he's God when you're having a bad day. He's still the same God. If you believe he's the same God, you ought to put your hands together 
and you ought to lift your voice and you ought to magnify the Lord today because he doesn't change. He is the same God. Come on, lift your voice and let's magnify Jesus today. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise your name. We worship you. We worship you. You can be seated this morning. He is the same God. This text that I have preached only a portion of, or chosen as only a portion to read this morning, this text is pointing out the fact that he is an unchanging God. Um, all of us walk through the valley. We all have tough days, hard days, difficult times. And, and we also all have, all have seasons of progress where we grow. Something that I've noticed is that it is always easier for us to recognize growth seasons when we get well beyond those growth seasons. Um, the why of life, the why of struggles, the why of troubles, we often don't recognize until we are beyond them and we look back. And in the reflection of what we have come through, what we have been through, what we have faced, uh, we understand that God was working. Sometimes when we go through the valleys of life, when we are going through hard times in life, uh, we have a tendency to blame others, to blame situations, to blame things. Um, that is human uh, in, in all of us that we will look for a place to rest um, what we may be going through. Sometimes it's only emotionally. And I don't want to get into all of that deeply this morning, but sometimes it's just a season of where we are emotionally. Sometimes it is a reflection of where we are spiritually. I've learned that it's, it's hard for us to uh, be angry with somebody and be, and be on fire for God at the same time. That's why we understand that, that a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Um, we, can get, we can spend some time talking to the Lord and things just seem to be better than when we're not talking to Him. Uh, sometimes our outward expression may uh, be a reflection of what is going on inwardly. And if when everything is right inwardly, things seem to be better outwardly doesn't mean that we won't go through trials. It rains on the just and on the unjust, meaning that everybody's going to have tough times. Everybody's going through difficult seasons. Sometimes when we are in difficult seasons, we have a tendency to think we are the only one going through anything. Can I get a witness? Those that said amen are probably those that aren't going through it today. Because when you're going through it today, you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're the only one going through it. And so we have to be careful of that because we can very easily be going through a valley looking at somebody else thinking something's wrong with them when the truth is they are going through a valley as well. They're going through a trying time as well. And so we, we don't know what our brothers and sisters may be facing, but we all go through valleys. We know this. This is part of life. Uh, we, 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 we walk through those those hard times, and uh, there are times that we feel like we're outnumbered when we're facing the enemy. We feel like our backs are against the wall and we're outnumbered. We're surrounded, 
and we are completely, totally helpless. And so we look for outside sources. It's a good way to know when what you are going through may be nothing more than emotionally, which is physically birthed, and that is when things are better, when we get away from everybody that we don't normally hang out with and it feels better. That's often, often times that I'm not talking about being in a toxic environment of a family, a home, whatever it may be, but when, when we are, uh, when we're looking outside of our people to find peace and contentment, sometimes we may need to look at what is going on with us personally and what we may be going through. Uh, Israel felt overwhelmed. Uh, they felt uh, they felt that day that if you read the previous text going into what I read this morning, I just saved us some time without reading the whole huge text. Many of you have read the, this portion uh, of Scripture that talks about what is going on in their life. They have been defeated. Uh, they have been they have been overwhelmed and outnumbered, and they they um, they find victory. And in this victory, the enemy begins to speak about Israel's victory. Israel reached a point of understanding that every victory in their life came from God. That's a good thing to know. Uh, listen. The good days of life, we ought to wake up every day or we ought to shake ourselves every day to recognize, man, this was a good day. This day was ordered of the Lord. This is a good day. This is a blessing of the Lord. This is a good, this is a good day. I, I, I didn't used to deal with this problem, and, and I know I'm not talking to any of you because you all wake up every day probably feeling excellent, but for a season... Now, I, I deal with the problem. I can't sleep on my back. I need to sleep on my side. But when I sleep on my side, my right shoulder hurts. So I sleep on my left, but my left shoulder hurts worse than my right shoulder. And I can't sleep on my stomach. So what I do all through the night is my wife says I flounce like a fish out of water. Because I lay for a few few moments on my left side and then I roll to my back and then I roll to my right side and then I flounce back over and it's just all night long. It's all this movement because I just have pain in more places that you can possibly imagine. Now somebody told me that that's called aging. Now I know none of you know about that this morning but 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 aging uh, sometimes just, just happens. Now I could blame that on all sorts of things but it may just be a matter of, of life. It's just a matter of what uh, I'm, I'm dealing with. I can get mad at my wife. I can get mad at the mattress maker. I can get. I get. Sometimes I'm just. I'm just restless, and and it's it, it's a temperature problem. And so I turn my attention to the fact that there is a temperature problem going on, and and uh, and so I'll get up and go adjust the thermostat, and I come back up, and my wife will say. I hope you didn't turn the temperature down because it's hot in here. And I'll say, my Lord, I was freezing to death. And she'll say, put on more clothes because it's hot in here. So I go back down and readjust it and fuss because she wanted me to turn it back down. And so it becomes a matter of the temperature and everything else that is the problem when the truth is maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. And, and when I wake up, and all of a sudden, I feel like, well, I feel rested. I woke up this morning, and my wife said, do you feel better? I looked at her slowly. She said, do you feel rested? 
obviously you do. And she said, don't you feel better? You got a good night's rest last night. And I said, you wouldn't know. And so I shared with her, I was up early, but you didn't know I got up early. And I came back to bed later, and, and I, I, walked my, I walked her through my night, and she's looking at me stunned because she slept like a baby. Now, I could be upset because she slept like a baby, and I didn't do too well, but that's not going to help me feel any better. So I feel an afternoon nap in my spirit. But when I wake up feeling good, I have to know this much. The Lord blessed me with a good night's rest. The Lord blessed me. I think if we could get our thanksgiving right and we could become more appreciative of the blessing every day that we get up and we live, that's the blessing of the Lord. And not everything that happens to us is the enemy trying to destroy us. Sometimes it's just life. We all go through seasons of disappointment. Israel had gone through seasons of loss that were ordained and ordered of the Lord. And then all of a sudden they have victory. And when they have victory, the Syrians decided, well, uh, the only reason that they won the battle because they're not people that are, are, have been winning battles, but now they've won a battle and uh, and. The reason they won the battle is just because their God is the God of the hills. If I can relate it to where we are today, it's when people see us and we can be spiritual and in tune with God when everything's going good, but on the bad day, we, we're, not, we're, we're a force to be reckoned with. And the Lord decided that he was going to show the Syrians something the year before Benadad had brought 32 kings and their armies together against Samaria and God brought a wonderful victory on their, on their behalf. But now Benadad is back. A servant had convinced him that Israel's God is a God of the mountaintops, but their God, they believed, was the God of the valley because they didn't understand the one true and living God. If, if they could get Israel into a battle in the valley, they believed that they would be victorious. Israel is so outnumbered that they look like two small herds of sheep while Benadad's army covered the whole valley floor. The Syrians say, well, we faced them before and we lost because we fought in the mountaintop. Because that's where their God, that's where their God is, is talked about. That's where their God is often exampled. That's where their God is the God of the mountain. We, we don't ever hear them. When things are going bad, we never hear them talking about God. Listen, we as the people of God cannot afford for the world that we live in to believe that our God is only a God of victory when everything is going well in our life. Come on, I feel like preaching to somebody today. When everything is going wrong, we need to notify our face once in a while and let, and, and, and let the world know, hey, our God is also the God of the mountain. 
but he is also the God of the valley. Hey, how are you smiling today? Things are going rough in your life because my I serve the same God when things are going well and when things are not going so well. He is still the same God. I've shared this story with you many times. I'm going to share it again because it just fits in this message that I'm preaching this morning. But I, I, I attended a church for a while, and, and there um, the, the, the pianist, uh, she, would, she would come in. She kind of, uh, it was a different, different day, a different way of leading music and worship back in that day. And uh, it was one lady that kind of did everything, and so she led worship. Uh, she was the, the song leader, as we called them. Uh, back in that day, she was the song leader. She was also uh, the organ player, and um, and so she would come in. And she chose the music, and and she chose what we were going to sing. And she would sit down, and start playing the organ, and she would start leading from the organ. And uh, I, I remember that day in this church, Sister Cindy used to lead from the organ, and and we had good church. We had good church. Uh, maybe. Ways have changed, methods have changed, but he's the same God. But I remember back in that day, and I, I remember this particular church that I went to. You could tell what kind of week the good sister had had because of the music that she would choose for the service. And she would come in, and and she would start she would start playing. Soon as she'd start playing, I'm like, oh boy, she had a bad week. And so she starts playing all the funeral songs and singing all the funeral songs. And I'm like, oh boy. And the whole service is all weepy and that's what she's going through. Until the pastor would finally get up. He'd walk around lead people for a minute. The next thing you know, he'd kind of look and he'd say, hey, we've drug around all service. Let's get a little pep in our step. Let's go. And he would call out a song and take off singing a song, get people worshiping. And, and before long, the organist would get in the spirit and her attitude would change too. And she would get to she would get to worship and she'd get to singing, but but she had to be pulled out of that because what she was prone to was that her worship to God was predicated on the kind of week she would she had had, on what she had been going through. Come on, CLC, we can't be that kind of church. We got to walk in here on Sunday morning, Wednesday night when things are well, when things are not so well, and declare He's the same God. I may not be well, but He's the same God. Things may not be good, but Because human nature is prone 
to being discouraged and expressing discouragement when we're in a season of walking through the valley. Do you know what is between every mountaintop? A valley. For every mountain, there is an equal valley. If we can get this in our spirit, I know this isn't going to make you shout this morning, but if we could get this in our spirit, it would help us in our everyday walk with the Lord. Every day is not, it's not filled with dopamine charges because everything is going so great in life. Life is ups and downs. Walking with God are ups and downs. He takes us from victory to victory. He takes us from, the Bible said, victory to victory. But listen, it didn't say that, that there is no valley. It's that he takes us from victory to victory, meaning that he's the same God that will also take us through the valley. Because if we go from mountaintop to mountaintop, we're going to have to walk through a valley. But he will be with us. We're going to take, we're going to have attacks from the enemy. And, and the attack feels more overwhelming when we're in the valley. This past week we were at general conference and uh, it was a, a wonderful general conference. Matter of fact, I have probably enjoyed this general conference more than any that I can remember in times before. It was, uh, it was truly, truly an excellent general conference in every way. The worship was great. The preaching was great. It was, it was phenomenal. But even though the services were great, it seemed like uh, I, I ran into a lot of ministers and pastors. There was, there were uh, over uh, eleven thousand. I think they said eleven thousand two hundred, eleven thousand three hundred, somewhere right in there. I think that were registered, and uh, the services were full. We had the, the the highest voting number of ministers that we have ever had. Sixteen hundred and eighty some odd uh, voting. I never remember it being more than twelve hundred and something voters that were there, and so the voting constituency is up, just meaning that more people are showing up, more people are coming. We go into the services, uh, 8,000 some on the very first night, on Tuesday night, and it just grew every night. It increased until we got to Friday night, over 11,000, I think Brother Graham said 11,300 that were there on, uh, on Friday night. Phenomenal, phenomenal. But as we walked the aisles and as we went to restaurants and as we rubbed shoulders with other ministers, over and over again, I would bump into ministers that I knew or that knew me and we would have conversation and it's all part of the conference. It's, it's, it's just part of what makes the conference what it is and that is getting to see people that we may only get to see every few years that we bump into and people that I went to Bible college together. I saw Brother Dan uh, Lytle there and I saw the picture posted on social media with he and, and some of the men that I didn't know and some that I did know that he went to Bible college together and there they have Bible college uh, get-togethers, uh, re class reunions and all sorts of things and uh, where people are just getting together that they don't get to see each other very often. And as we walk the halls or walk the streets uh, between sessions and, and, and services, I would bump into people and on more than one occasion I would have someone begin to share with me what they were going through in the valley that they were walking through in the dark season that they were going through and, and they would 
Some may ask a question. Some may be seeking counsel. Some may be just looking for a friend to listen. And, and, and I, would, I would, without doubt, share with every one of them. We all walk through seasons of heaviness. We all walk through valleys. We all go through dark seasons. And I would share with some of them that were in the valley of decision. I would tell them, don't make a decision in the valley. You make a decision from a point of victory. Don't make a decision in the valley. Make a decision when things are well. Make a decision when things are going good. Because you don't need the, the, the emotional attachment of the valley. Uh, and, and, and I would encourage them and try to give them a word and tell them, go home this weekend and preach on victory. Some of them looked at me kind of strange. Some of them, one in particular, said, well, it's hard to preach on victory when you haven't seen victory and experienced it in a while. And I said, you get what you preach. Go home and start preaching victory. And he said, all right, I will. I said, do it. Go home and start preaching victory. This morning already, before I got to church today, a man that I I told, I'm going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying. And God's their baptismal tanks have been empty and they've been struggling. One of our ministers uh, that, that we've been praying for and, 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 and encouraging just a few weeks ago, I sent an encouraging word that I felt was from the Lord for him. He texted me this morning before service and he said, Pastor, I baptized six yesterday in Jesus' name and they've all promised to be in the house of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, you may be going through it this morning, but be encouraged. We all walk through the valley, but don't let the enemy hear you complaining about God and complaining about what God can do because you're in the valley or he'll know I can beat them if we're in the valley but they're only the they're only uh, they're only victorious on the mountain come on we're serving the same God when we're in the valley in the valley start talking about how good God is start talking about how great God is start talking about how wonderful your brothers and sisters are even when they're not encouraging you come on start encouraging them on the day that you're down and you'll find the enemy backing off because he'll believe he can beat you in the valley. Mm -hmm. The enemy's always going to attack you at your weakest points. Oh, come on now. If you've lived very long, you know the enemy will find those points of weakness and he'll bring it up over and over again. And it'll feel to us like, wow, somebody's picking on me in, the, in, in this weakness. No, it's brought on but compliments of the enemy. Because it's your weakness that you need to work on. And God is needing, is, is giving us a space to be able to work on that area of weakness so that we can grow stronger. Listen. This is not even in my notes this morning, but I'm going to add it so I may preach longer. shepherd's staff and the rod of the shepherd was used as a tool, as an instrument. They didn't go out and just find this beautiful, perfectly straight tree and cut it down and use it. But they went to the side of the mountain that was facing the storms, 
in this area, in this region. We don't have mountains, but if we did, we would want to go to the northwest corner of the mountain where the strongest storms that come in from the west that blow through this region. And the reason they wanted to go to the stormy side of the mountain to choose that tree to cut was because that was the side of the mountain that had endured the wind and the storms. They had been twisted and shaken and bent, and some of them even broken and rehealed. And they would look for those that had been twisted and bent by the storm, and that's the one that they would cut down, and they would begin to work because they say that when it grew back, that it was stronger in its areas where it had been twisted to the point of almost breaking. And all of the fibers in that branch or in that tree had been twisted to the point, but it just barely endured that it would grow back stronger and be able to, to, to withstand the rigors of usefulness. I... I just want to help somebody. I feel the Lord inspired that thought on my mind as I'm teaching this morning for you to understand that sometimes the storms of life that you go through and the, the twisting and the shaking and the, the bending and, and when you feel like I, I just can't hardly take anymore, God is getting us to a point so we will grow back stronger so that he can use us in the kingdom of God. Yes, those areas of weakness, the enemy is going to constantly come. But God's given us an opportunity to, to strengthen that area of our life, to become stronger. And when you do, that's the area that you're going to be able to minister to others because you have been there and you've walked through the valley and you've walked through the sorrow and you've walked through the pain. But if we ignore them, those areas will become weaker. This is why we've got to always be exercising our prayer life. We have to be exercised in our faith. We have to be exercised in our trust. We have to, to exercise our worship. Listen, the enemy will not attack you in areas of your strength. But when you're tired and weak and weary and worn out and just came through an attack, look out. There may be another attack right behind it. When you see it coming from all sides, you need to mark it for what it is. That is a spiritual attack of the enemy. Uh -huh. When it comes from every side, that's why David said, when my heart is overwhelmed, you know what he meant by being overwhelmed? He could, have, he could have handled any one thing that happened to him. But when it comes from every source, that causes us to feel overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed, David said, lead me. Because at that point, I can't find my own way because I've been attacked on so many angles. I don't even know the right direction to walk. But if I can get somebody to lead me to the rock that is higher, than I. He will be a shelter for me. Come on somebody. You just need to get closer to God. If you can't if you can't get there yourself, tell somebody, come on pastor, lead me to the rock. Uh, come on uh, come on wife, come on husband, come on children. We're going to the rock uh, that is higher than I. The Syrians have said, the Lord is God of the hills, but he's not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver this great multitude 
out of that hand. There's some things God does to you just to prove to the enemy that he's wrong. When the Syrians start saying, oh, their God is just the God of the mountain and the ones that do mushrooms. For their sakes, I'm going to come down and prove that I am the God of the hill and the God of the valley. Listen, the valley is a place of trial. I understand it's a place where our faith is put to the test. It is a hard place to live. We have to pass through the valley. But know this, God will walk you through the valley. It is in the valley that he restoreth our soul. There's restoration that can come in the valley. Moses needed a mountaintop experience. He needed, he, he needed all of these things, but it is in the valley where restoration comes. You can't always live on mountaintops, but mountaintops are needed. But mountaintops are not intended to live on because on the mountaintop, some of the most severe wind hits mountaintops. The heaviest snowfall comes on mountaintops. You cannot live on mountaintops. They're intended to be places to be celebrated and to be places of victory, but you will not live there. You usually live somewhere between the mountaintop and between the valley. But it is in the valley that he, the Bible said he restores our soul. We're made to experience mountaintops. But in the valley, our faith is stretched. Mary and Martha in John chapter 11 were in the valley. Lazarus was sick unto death. They called for Jesus and he delays coming. And then they say, if only you would have been here, our brother would not have died. But the Lord proved something to them. I'm not just God of the, of the living, but I'm also the God of the dead. Because I can speak and he speaks life into the situation in the middle of their valley. He speaks life back into a dead situation. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What a valley of despair to walk through. They had done everything right. They had given to the ministry. They had called Jesus when, when their brother had gotten sick. But Jesus stretched their faith by allowing them to get to the point of not even being sure if he could resurrect them. We know that he'll live again in the resurrection. But the Lord came through and says, Martha, right here in the middle of your valley, I'm going to speak life and I'm going to bring life back into your dead situation. I'm wondering if there is a Martha in this room today that walked in here feeling like my situation is bleak, my situation is over, but God sent me here today in a very simple way just to say, I am the resurrection and the life. You need to stop magnifying what God did when you were on the mountain and how bad things are in the valley, and you need to start saying he's the same God. He's the same God. Let me tell you what Jesus did for me. Let me tell you when Jesus brought me out. Because when it all started, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But now he's brought me out of the miry clay. Come on, you got to talk about your testimony of where the pit from which you were digged, the place that we were when he started working on you. If we'll start looking back and seeing where he brought us from, our testimony will start being and he's the same God because he started working when things were bleak and look where he's brought me to. I won't be much longer. I won't be much longer. Give me just a couple more minutes to finish my thought this morning. I was only kidding that I was going to preach a lot longer. 
God of the mountain is the same God that is in the valley. We all want to see the dead raised, but nobody's volunteering to die. We all want to see cancer healed, but nobody wants to be the student that has to go through the sickness just to see if he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. We can all trust him to guide the surgeon's hand, but we can't trust him to heal all the problems. I submit to you today that he's the same God that heals today. The same God that can fix. See, we, we often trust the Lord over big things, but we don't trust God over our daily bread. That's why that he taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread, because if we can start understanding and become thankful for this morning's breath, for the daily bread, for every, if we start trusting him daily, it'll be a whole lot easier to trust him in the valley because we're all going to walk through it. Come on, somebody. We've got to get up from where we've been. We've got to start testifying of his goodness when we're walking, when things look dim, when things look gloomy. Your valley can become your place of victory. 1 Samuel chapter 17, Israel stood on the edge of the valley for 40 years. They were listening to Goliath's words. Fear had gripped their heart. Depression hung heavy over the armed forces of Israel. They were humiliated. They hid in rocks. These were God's great men of war who knew about victory. David stood that day full of anointing and proclaiming the power of God over this heathen that had defiled the armies of the living God. That moment the rock hit its mark. Victory was heard. Victory was heard in the valley. Oh, I want to tell you this morning, victory can be heard in your valley. You don't have to wait till you're on the mountain. He's the same God. You don't have to wait till everything's good. You, you know, I, I, I'm just going to be real with you. I've walked off of this platform, laid hands on people, and prayed for people that were sick when I had sickness in my own body. And people say, how can you pray for somebody else when you got sickness in your own home? How can you pray for God to heal cancer when your wife was dealing with cancer? How can you pray for somebody else to be encouraged when you are discouraged your own self? It is because the greatest faith is the faith that you release when you are walking through something but you declare God still got this. God still got this. Come on, we you need to just find somebody else in this room and walk up to and start encouraging them this morning even when you are in the valley because the valley can become a place of assurance. No matter how hard it gets, no matter how alone you feel, you can rest in the promises of God. Here's what Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. Solomon is telling us that God will, will, will not only be in our valley, but he will lead us through. Everybody say through. Through the valley. God is not limited by your location. He's not limited by what you have faced or what you are facing. As a matter of fact, he is an unlimited God. Stand with me all over the room this morning. I want to tell you, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, whatever trial, whatever test, whatever discouragement it may be this morning, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. If I can just encourage you to start thanking him for daily bread, start thanking him for the, for the breath that you breathe, start thanking him for the simple things in life, start talking about his goodness on the days that you feel the most alone. The enemy's going to start backing up. Oh, no. 
only talk about victory when they're on the, the mountaintop. Their God's the God of the mountain. Come on, CLC. I don't want any of us ever again to just declare, oh, he's only the God of the mountain. We need to walk every day and just declare, he's the same God. My bank account's struggling. He's the same God. I got pain or sickness in my body. He's the same God. I got trouble in my life. He's the same God. He's the same God. The same God that delivered Daniel out of the lion's den, that delivered the Hebrew boys out of the fiery furnace. The same God that brought Jonah out of the fish's belly. The same God that's healed and delivered and saved in these altars. No, you haven't gone too far for God. He's the same God. And he's as close as a mention of his name. Lift your hands all over the room right now. Why don't you just start calling on him right now. Come on, his name is Jesus. Whatever circumstance you're up against, he's the same God. He's got it. He's able to overcome it. You may be under it. He's up over the top of it. He's not under the same pressure and same load that you are. He's the same God. He is victorious. He resurrected over death, hell, and the grave. He's the same God. I opened these altars this morning. If anybody in this room has been walking through the valley, you want to walk to the front of this room and declare, I'm going to leave this house in victory today. Why don't you walk to the front of this room and let the enemy know I'm not leaving the way I walked in. I'm leaving in victory today. Bless these that are coming forward, Jesus. Seek the Lord for a moment. 